everybody. Donnie, How are you all? Um, yeah, we'll start with an intro from everybody. If we go round the the group with who you are and a bit about hey, you. Hey, I'm Andy Lennox. Um, I am the founder of the Fired Up Collective, which has restaurants on the south coast. Um, I'm also the founder of the Wonky Table, um, which we do campaigning for hospitality for VAT. Um, and I'm also a non-exec on the Burnt Chef as well. Well said, sir. Yeah. Well, great introduction. Uh, my name is Chris Hall. I'm the founder of the Burnt Chef Project. If anyone doesn't know about the Burnt Chef Project, go and look for the giant black elephant. Uh, it sounds really odd, but she's three meters tall. You can't miss her. Um, we can tell you all about the Burnt Chef Project. But ultimately, it's a not-for-profit campaign to try and create a sustainable, people-focused industry by focusing on things like leadership and mental health. Yeah, and I'm Dave Bevan. I'm the founder of a company called Love Your Pub. We're basically an online hospitality platform, not just a social media agency. Um, and we work in online recruitment, SEO, uh, promoting venues, doing social media management for venues, so partly a social media agency, um, and lots of other things. So, yeah, good to meet you all today. And I'm Gemma. I'm the Partnerships and Fundraising Manager for Hospitality Rising, which is the world's largest recruitment campaign to get 18 to 35-year-old young people, basically, into the hospitality industry as a career choice. Um, so some of you have ran out, but some of you will see flyers on, the, on your seats. So if you'd like to have a chat, any of you afterwards, just let me know and we can. Um, so yeah, great to meet you all. Just a bit of an intro. Um, getting the most out of the marketing budget has always been very important for all businesses. But over the last few years with lockdown, Brexit, the cost of living crisis and everything else that the world has thrown at us, the hospitality industry in particular has taken a huge hit meaning that the need for customers and staff, coupled with the need to make every penny count, has become front of mind for every business within the industry. Time is also of the essence, so being innovative, nimble and cost-effective are the key pillars for success. Um, so with that in mind, first question, um, how, for each of you, how has the last few years affected your individual businesses and have you adopted any strategies that have worked particularly well within everything that's been going on? Do you want to start with me? Yeah. Okay, so probably like most people that operate venues out there, love your pub. Um, my, my business was, was massively affected on the 20th of March 2020. Um, you know, we, we pretty much had to hit the restart button uh, when we came out of COVID. Um, and it was very much rebuilding the business, um, you know, taking advantage of the government support that was available to us. Uh, but essentially rebuilding five years worth of damage prior to it, I suppose. Um, in terms of how we progressed forward as a business and have got to the stage where we are, where we are now is, is through diversification, doing things differently, networking with different people, understanding other people's businesses and, and utilising the power of our online platform um, and audience to, to work out new ways of working and, and essentially um, generating additional revenue into the business. Yeah. So that's, how, that's how we've sort of planned over the last few years. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. And uh, so I'm coming at it from a slightly different side. Obviously, we run a, a not-for-profit focused on mental health. So as we all know, lockdown was challenging uh, and it took us from working with business owners and suddenly we had to switch our focus into working with individuals and supporting those and that was free support. So in terms of revenue building opportunities, there wasn't a great amount that we could do during that time. What we did start to find though is that actually there was quite an emotive period and so things like our merchandise sales really started to grow, which allowed us to continue reinvesting into free support systems 
the one thing that we learned over that was that sense of community and that sense of understanding how people want connection was actually a really good opportunity to build rapport so that when we came out of that lockdown period and things started to return to normal, we had a better sense of relationship and a better contact level with our potential prospective clients from a commercial level. So it was, um, we had to be quite dynamic. Ellie was obviously born out of, out of lockdown, if that makes sense. Tell them what Ellie is. Ellie, <laughs> Ellie sorry, Ellie's our elephant. Um, you know, and we obviously had our merchandise that we were selling that was traveling around 120 countries worldwide. Um, so it's just about trying to be as dynamic as possible from a marketing perspective so that when we were able to start trading again properly, everyone had heard about us. We were omnipresent at all times. So we're a bit different. Um, we kind of went into lockdown uh, with one or two, well, one restaurant, came out of lockdown with six. Um, so we did some big expansion during that oh, yeah. time. But from a marketing perspective, you know, what budget at the moment? I mean, there is no budget really for marketing. Um, everybody's in kind of like full lockdown of any kind of spending. So we're now having to think about the different ways that we can do marketing without spending any money. So obviously yeah. you've got your social media piece and that Instagram piece and all of that kind of stuff. But it's also in merch, like you're talking about where, how can we brand people and brand things to basically yeah. bring people into our restaurants? So we have three or four different brands. So we, and then we have kind of overarching brands. So for us, it's very much about trying to nurture those those smaller brands that are now basically coming through yeah. um, and then also basically the overarching brand but marketing is very very difficult at the moment you do not have the money to spend on big marketing campaigns we've just put a massive banner ironically we say I have no money but then we've just put this massive banner um, <laughs> at Bournemouth Airport yes. uh, where we've basically just done this big 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 um, map of, of basically kind of fired up land uh, and that's cost us quite a bit of money but we've managed to kind of break that up into the brands. So actually mm -hmm. each brand's only spending about 200 quid. Yeah. Um, so it makes it a lot easier to be able to, to kind of think, but you're coming out of COVID with massive amounts of costs. And actually you've probably got more costs now yeah. than actually when COVID. COVID actually feels like fun yeah. back yeah. over there. I mean, to a certain extent we were there, at that point we were, you know, you had furlough, you had that kind of yeah. stuff. Whereas now there was just nothing out there. We're on a cliff edge as of the end of this month. You know, utility bills are about to kick in even higher. You know, marketing has to think outside the box. And that's what we're all trying to do now. And I think we're going to discuss. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all about being creative with the audience that you're trying to yeah. speak to and the sort of, well, the USPs that you have. So that's really important as well to stand out. And especially if you've got lots of different brands under sort of an umbrella, how do you make those brands like, how do you find your USP and how do you then make people aware of it that they will then come to you from that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and you do a lot with um, SEO and blogging as yeah, well. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. briefly. Yeah, so yeah, I suppose our, our main USP at Love Your Pub is that we are a blogging platform. So the way that we work as a business is we probably blog more than any other hospitality or non-hospitality business in the UK. So we write about 80 to 100 blogs a week about venues and about what they're doing. Um, and the thing that's really good about that is that it actually helps to make venues more visible online through Google organically so it's not through adwords there's no additional spend through that it's purely organic blogging so we use seo we use keyword strategies and we basically help to make our clients venues more visible front page in their local geographies um, yes it will say love your pub on the links because it's coming from our platform but it will help you if you've got the dog and duck in shrewsbury for example make you more visible in your local area 
when we're writing these blogs, it goes out through our website, it goes out through our social networks. Um, but yeah, I suppose, you know, one of the reasons that the larger pub companies and brewers work with us is we essentially help to make them more visible online. So that and yeah, you just do love the pub? Or do you have like, love the restaurant? We have love your restaurant, love your yeah. bar, love your hotel, love your local. Yeah, yeah, so we categorise it. Yeah. yeah, and I guess that's a really good USP in a way that people associate the lovely, you know, ex-pub restaurant yeah, with... Yeah, well, the yeah. reason we made the platform in the, in the first place was to support venues. That's, that's the driving force behind it. I, I came into the industry in 2007 when the smoking ban had just kicked in, when there was a lot of negative press around um, when, you know, how many venues a week were shut in. And I just got annoyed over the years about how much negative press there was about our industry. And actually, when you get out there and meet people like yourselves and find out what great businesses you run, what great stories you've got to tell, I thought, actually, I want to create a platform that celebrates all of that and, and actually really sort of gets behind the industry. And that's, that's what's the word love and love your pub, you know, and love your restaurant and love your hotel. It was about positivity. Um, and that's something that we, we've had to try and balance quite carefully is that we want people to come into this industry. It's a profession of choice, right? And yeah. it's a fantastic industry. I wouldn't still be here now if I didn't love everything that hospitality yeah. is. Yeah. And it's very, very easy to highlight all the doom and gloom, especially when it comes down to mental illness and some of the other realities yeah. of the sector. But we have to do it with a, a progressive slant. Mm. And from a marketing perspective, there's a very fine line between trashing the industry and burning it versus actually, hold on sir, these are the realities. But here are the success stories. And we've had to be quite clever with actually building case studies and things like our accreditation scheme or psychological safety that we're building. So yeah. actually we can start to recognize those who are doing great things. And yes, deal with the reality of four out of five people experiencing mental illness, mm -hmm. but actually start saying, well, here are the organizations now that have improved their retention rates, that have managed to reduce mental illness within their organization and start to change that narrative a yeah, little bit fantastic. because there is so much negativity right? yeah and it's all about finding the right thing that works for your messaging and getting like you say getting that balance right mm. i mean with things like um, rewards and loyalty which is a slightly different path but have it, with with that it can work really really well like i've worked in rewards and loyalty as part of you know my career and when it's done right it can be a brilliant partnership when you're bringing people in you know, because of getting those rewards. But how do you feel about sort of the balance of your like USP and your brand and your sort of like customer service and everything? Is that what you prefer to use as a lead to bring people in and keep them coming back? Or do you see a area where they can work in tandem? Because it can be a bit gimmicky if it's done wrong. So it's all about getting... So rewards, know, rewards platform. Well, no, I guess rewards, rewards, for, for coming into venues, etc. Yeah, in venues yeah, yeah. and things like that. It, it does work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, and, and if you're, so for example, us as restaurants, we're our strapline essentially is hospitality the old way. So for us, it's all about giving the perfect service, that great food, that amazing value. Yeah. And so for us, it's basically if we can get people in the door, we genuinely feel that we can convert them at that point. Yes. Yeah. And they become our regular loyal customers. Yeah. And obviously you're picking up their email address and you're picking up their bits and bobs and you're using that. I think if you're in a in that more of a kind of lower end fast food environment, like we've got a great um, friend of mine who's, uh, and, he, and his loyalty scheme is fantastic. Yeah. And the way yeah. he draws everyone back in, mm. you know, they come in, they buy a sandwich and then straight away they've got another thing going, here's another sandwich for free. So it, it can work. I mean, I think in, 
restaurants where we are, which I suppose is more premium dining, yeah. it is all about the experience. And basically everybody now, every customer, you've got less customers spending more. Uh, and all the customers are happy to spend the money as long as they're getting the experience that they feel that they deserve. So you're much, they're much more critical of you. Um, you get a lot more crap from customers, quite frankly. Um, and, and they're not as patient as they as they once were. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, they're also parting with probably a lot more cash than they were back 2018, 2019. So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah loyalty does have a place. Um, sorry, loyalty apps does have a place. No. We, you know, we feel that we have a loyal, loyal customer base because of the way we serve. Because of what you do, and the, yeah. you know, uh, well, essentially we don't serve. We, we, we call it hospitality. It's not service. Yeah. Um, you know, we're giving hospitality, and if we do that properly, then we'll get that returning customer. Um, but there is a place for it, and if you're in that kind of faster food environment or more of a kind of where you're looking for footfall rather than brand loyalty. I think the loyalty app is the first step to being able to then pull that plus customer in and then convert them to... Yeah, customer. no, absolutely. And it's all about having the right plan for your business. So with things like having a you know year marketing plan, that's really key to make sure you're heading in the path that you want to go in. But again, with likes of COVID and things that sort of stop you in your tracks, have you any of you got any examples of where you've had to completely turn around your business plan to sort of adapt to what's happening at that well, every time during COVID, yeah. I think everybody re readdressed what they were doing, and yeah. and like, I mean we've been whole marketing plans, whole marketing, whole runs of you know branded T-shirts and branded you know we had uh, for example takeaway like you know we're going now into the kind of single use plastic ban coming in soon. We had branded everything ready to go with you know thirty thousand kind of like print runs and all that kind of stuff, and you had to just can the whole lot. Wow. Yeah, and I think again from from our business model, which was looking at how businesses are run mm -hmm. in terms of the impact that that has on well being and, and individuals. Yeah, and all of a sudden to hit COVID and people going, I'm not okay. I need help right at this moment in time. Yeah, we had to switch on a dime and go from here's our long term, you know, strategy, our implementation, all of the marketing, the engagement, and all of these activations we were doing, and now we're going. We just need to provide trauma support in the moment to individuals, there's no commercial benefit. So we had to switch. And then obviously then everyone comes out, help out, eat out. Yeah. All of a yeah. sudden, oh, great for business, the you know, best all of this money of coming lives. in. But <laughs> in fact, then we had to switch again and be like, well, how do we support now business owners who are trying to support their teams and their teams are not coping with the high levels of stress. And yeah. So we've had yeah. To, to, to move within the space of a week. Oh, and and to, from a mental health perspective, there was mental, wasn't it? I mean, I know that, that <laughs> I, that's okay. I didn't mean to do that but, um, but ultimately like you sit there and you know, he was calling me going you know how are you but also how's your staff like what's happening and you're trying to find out where your staff were what they were doing you know it was a mental time but I think moving on from COVID because it's really key to get over this COVID hump yeah um, because we're now in a place that's probably worse than it, yeah. it was during COVID in sense of not to say anything about obviously anybody you know, but, but just in the sense of where we are in the, as an industry from a cliff edge kind of point of view, the costs are spiraling. You know, you're looking at your marketing budgets and it's an easy cut to a certain extent because you're sitting there going, well, I could just cut it and then I don't have to do anything. And mm. that's really important not to do that. Mm. Um, you know, and, and things like SEO, we massively are trying to push that SEO piece. We just don't necessarily know how to do it as well. Um, so we'll be talking about it. 
Um, but that's really key. I think Google and SEO, Google AdWords, I mean, my operations director will continually turn around to me and say, well, we spend money on Google AdWords, what does it actually do? Yeah. Um, and it's we still don't actually well, right? know. Um, I, think, I think that's this is expensive and it doesn't yeah. seem to, to do anything. You have to, track um, you have to have some way of tracking it though. You need you to see what yeah. your ROI yeah. is. It can't just be, we spend a lot of time marketing, but it's sort of, it's, there's, no, there's a cost associated with it, but we don't necessarily know other than looking at general trends and year-on-year -year data, what that has. So I think if you are building a marketing strategy, it's, it's important. Aside from Google, and even things like, you know, the Burt Chef, Chef's jackets, 120 Chef's jackets, in hindsight, we should put a QR code on the back that says, scan to donate. So you can track the metrics of these marketing yeah. marketing interventions. And that is right? key. I mean, we've just, as I say, we just put this banner, you know, at the airport. But we've now, but what? Have you mentioned that? Did I mention that we put a banner? But essentially, basically, we've linked that with one website, which is the only website that that address is. So you, you can track what yeah. the spender. It's really important to track your ROI. But everybody also says that they know how to track their ROI, but they just give you numbers which don't make any sense. Yeah. So. yeah, and that's the thing as well, even just looking at so, like social media. There's so many different social media platforms that all do different things for different people. Um, I mean, just which of the social media platforms work best for each of you? They different results well, for different from audiences. From a personal perspective? Or? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. I, no. we, what do you think? We, I mean, we've seen a 700% increase on LinkedIn in the last six months in terms of our, our rate of growth on LinkedIn is just... You've got a massive following, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, our, our Instagram channel has close to 40,000 followers now, and we, you know, that's probably growing by... Uh, where's my social media manager? She's not here. 3%, I would say, month on month, which is okay, but LinkedIn, but it's a different type of message. Yeah, it's BSB, you isn't know, it? We, we, yeah, it's definitely, we're looking for the HR professionals, we're looking for their uh, decision makers, and the messaging is, how can we help your business? Yeah. Whereas with Instagram, it's like, what is it that's, there's a motive to you, and how do yeah. we increase that sense of community and engagement? So, yeah. very different communication yeah. channel. I mean, it's, with, it's interesting, because it, you know, it's all different for us, it is Facebook. Um, yeah, I would say one, one of the main things for us, reason for Facebook, is because blogs you can click into blogs through Facebook, you can't do that on Instagram unless it's LinkedIn bio or unless you've got an X amount of following that can then do that on a post. But um, yeah, so for us, you know, it's good to see that mix, which just shows the differences in, in, in our businesses. Um, but yeah, 50 I think it's 51% of our overall traffic out of 1.5 million users to love your pub is, is organically through Google. About forty percent is then driven through Facebook, uh, and for us, uh, you know, the rest of that is, is comprised of LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. So, yeah. different businesses, different business models. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean with um, hospitality rising, it's good that all of them has pretty much been mentioned because TikTok is hugely successful for us because it's all peer to peer. Um, you know, people really infusing the audience about going into the hospitality industry and seeing, as I say, seeing it as a career. So, you know, pretty much all of the social media platforms are covered between us, mm. just with different... We're still trying needs. to work out how to use TikTok. I still can't <laughs> work that one out. So, no, yeah. But I mean, like, you've got B2B, which is like LinkedIn, Twitter, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, you know, if I, I tweet a lot. Uh, and LinkedIn, basically, you know, we use obviously for B2B. Instagram just feels a little bit... It feels it feels it's a bit tired at the moment. Facebook, I think, is 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 probably where we would we yeah. get the most engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, from the social media point of view, I, we we do post a lot. But I feel that people are tired of social media, yeah. Um, yeah. and they are starting to look up. Well, just up, just up. to the yeah. audience, it's a bit of a hands up. Like, how many of you 
do struggle with social media and where to place your campaigns? Is it an issue in general? How many of you? How many of you don't? No. <laughs> how many of you are listening? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so sorry for everyone else. But it's, it's, it is interesting. So I, I run a, a laser tag site in uh, Somerset as well. Oh, so brilliant. over the weekend, we find a lot of bookings and traffic comes through SEO first and foremost without yeah. any social media. Yeah. Social media for us on Instagram is awful. Yeah. But that laser tag yeah. business, yeah. SEO, when they type in paintball, we come up as the first option. Mm. It's fantastic. But then Facebook, again, different demographic completely different demographic we find that Facebook is our biggest performer for that type of yeah. it's less emotive more as a business search tool yeah. than it is for anything else and it has become yeah. more like yeah. that hasn't it it's become you do search a lot more on Facebook and things appear yeah. a lot more on Facebook now yeah, hashtags yeah, yeah. and things like that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean one thing I think that we're a little bit guilty of as an industry we get bogged down in the detail and I see it probably more at micro level with you know pubs and, and possibly restaurants and that is we don't put enough time to a marketing review um you know we get so bogged down with covering staff shortages getting the vat sorted out speaking to the accountant how much time on a monthly basis are you you putting into your marketing and it doesn't matter if you've got one pub or 10 pubs or 10 restaurants or one restaurant you know you need to put some some time aside just like you do for your accountants and all that type of stuff, you need to put some time aside for your marketing and look at your strategy. And also what I'd really recommend is if you've got a team of 10 staff, 15 staff, 20 staff, whatever it is, bring them in on it as well. Get their thoughts, delegate into them, get them to champion some bits and pieces so that it takes some workload off you. Um, because they're gonna have ideas. That you're gonna have different de demographics within your staff and your team that, that, you know, that you can pull on. And that, that will help you reach different markets you know, at a local level to tap different types of activities that you might not necessarily be thinking about. And actually, a lot of those staff want, those staff want that development. They want that opportunity. And it makes them feel involved, and it yeah. helps drive, you know, your, then it helps drive the other side of the coin, which is your people's engagement and your people's development and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. it does both sides. And know? they understand yeah. the business, yeah. like intrinsically yeah. as well. They get it, like, you know, I used to come and take photos for Andy in a previous life for his food. But uh, actually, he had a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he had um, uh, you know a member of staff who was interested in photography. Yeah, you know, who was a front of house manager, right? Yeah, and yeah. He now manages well, social bartender, media. wasn't he? Bartender. Yeah, now yeah. he taught him to take photos, and he's now our marketing manager. And he's your marketing manager because yes. he understands the business. He is, he's brilliant, in amongst it. Yeah, yeah, brilliant branding. Yeah. You know, brilliant. Yeah. You know, websites, all that kind of stuff, and you know, SEO and all that. You know, and he. And he loves the brand because he's come from yeah the because he's come from the brand. But um, at, the same, so. at the same time, we understand there's staff out there that, that aren't interested in any of it, which is fair enough. But if you've got some little diamonds in the rough there within your team, they're the people to sort of bring in on it. It takes some work away from you, and it gives you a different angle to look out with your business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. growing within the business is really really key yeah. to get people again, like you know, young people to really see it as something that they want to grow and progress and rise through the ranks so yeah. well, this is what hospitality advising is all about, all about right so you know that that whole piece of this industry is an industry yes it is a career yes you yes. can earn some seriously good money in this industry with zero qualifications yeah um you know and we're all trying to push it you know i've been in the industry since i was 14 you know i, I was a potato peeler that was my first job and i've worked my way up and you know, I want every single one of my operational people to be able to 
know that they have to go and do KPing first and that yeah. they have to learn that job. And, 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 and you can go from, and we've got people, stories. I mean, my operations director was a waitress when she started with me. You know, there That's are true. stories that go throughout the whole of our industry. You can be wherever you want in hospitality. Yes. Uh, and you can start from the absolute bottom and you can rise right to the top. And you don't need any qualifications. Yeah, and be a master of your craft because you're learning all of the different areas and sort of, you know, as you rise up, you really, really know everything like the back of your hand once you've got to that higher level. So, you know, you've really yeah. then got really good service people who are working for your business. So it's, it's not service, mm -hmm. it's hospitality. Yeah, and that's, hospitality. That's it. We, we keep on focusing ourselves, and we're, going, we're moving from marketing now, but <laughs> we focus ourselves on the fact that we're a service industry, but we're hospitality, and that's, that's the real... It's a career. Yeah, because... That's, yeah, that's the career. Really you, you're not there to serve people all the time. You're there to be hospitable and you're there to give an experience. And that is a, you know, not a lot of people can do it. I mean, our biggest motto is essentially we can train a monkey to carry a food, but we can't give a monkey that a personality, you know, and it's really, really key. We can't, there are only certain people that can actually do hospitality well. Yeah. Um, but we're moving away from marketing now. But yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's also a very key point. Um, and then just outside of everything that we've already talked about with loads of great advice, but is, and there's never, a, like we were just saying, there's never a one size fits all like solution to make your business work, work really well and with the marketing. But if there was one piece of advice that you could each give that has, you know, been successful for you, that you've had a sort of a gem of an idea or something that you've done that's really worked well, what would it be? For the burnt chef side of things, it's be omnipresent. So... When I started the Bird Share project and I was doing it running social media myself, five posts, five posts yeah. a week, making sure that we're using our email marketing, making sure that we've got our branding absolutely everywhere because the same thing now has paid dividends. People come up to us and go, I've seen your branding everywhere. What do you do? Yeah. And I think it's important to use every single communication tool, giant elephants, people dressed up in the street, billboards. Yeah. TV ads, radio, and yes, there's, a, there's an element of budget here, which I appreciate is not necessarily always available, but sometimes it doesn't have to cost a lot. Yeah. Like, don't underestimate the importance of, what is it, 11 or 7 times you have to see something regularly in order to be able to recognize that brand in the street. So use all channels at, as much as possible. Don't underestimate the importance of trying to be omnipresent at all yeah, times. Yeah, absolutely. With your branding on your own top. Really well, I've got it I everywhere. Like, I've got socks coming. Uh, <laughs> really? Not yet underwear, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see where we go. An item of clothing for everyone. Every, and have you two got any extra bits of advice? I'll probably touch on what I've just spoken about already, to be honest with you, especially from a cost-effective perspective. It's, you know, we know you guys, when you're operating your venues, you're busy doing so many other things that aren't necessarily relevant to marketing. So it's about empowering your people. Uh, be smarter, you know, work smarter, not necessarily harder. Um, and, you know, delegate. Um, and, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to say that. I was like that with Love Your Pub. You know, you know we've now built to a, to a team of 10, which doesn't sound massive. But when I started it on my own, you know, it was, you know the, only re the only way we got bigger as a business was through me actually starting to let things go. Um, and as a control freak by nature, which I am, that was hard to do. Um, but as I say, you know, by delegating and rewarding people and developing pe people within your business, that doesn't have to cost the world, but it can be really effective. We talk about return on investments and things like that, that can unlock some real potential. So that would be mine. Yeah, thank you. I don't know whether it's the, the thing I would take from all marketing, but for us at the moment, it's about developing your story. So 
you know, tell your story and, and, and your brand is, if you have a brand that basically is strong, that will basically bring your customers and it's very easy to market. You know, you don't want to basically send out emails left, right and center if you don't know what your story is and you don't know what your brand is. And I think we've always been very, very kind of key that we tell a story and we develop that story and we build on that story. And we, you know, we talk about our people quite a lot and, and, and what they've done and what they have gone on to do. Or, but it, tell your story, I suppose, is the big thing. And develop. And if you don't have a story, find it. Go and figure out where your story is. Why did your brand what become your brand? How did it become your brand? And, and, and how can you build on that brand going forward? Because a story is... It's only a start, you know, you start, middle and an end, you know, and at the moment, whenever you're, until you sell your business or you stop your business, you're in the middle, right? So just find your story and then tell your story because that speaks volumes, I suppose. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks guys. Um, so does anyone have any questions? Please. I <laughs> um, oh, think someone's coming there's with a, a mic, a I think. question over there. Do, 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 do. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um, to be clear, I do have a slight vested interest here because I do work for a social media marketing company. Um, so I would say this really, but um, I know this is obviously a, a budget restricted masterclass. Um, and like you say, this is a really hard time for the food service industry sort of generally. But when you talk about like social media being tired, do you think you're mostly talking about kind of organic social? Like you haven't really touched on paid social. Yeah. Um, do you consider paid social in your targeting strategy? Is that something that you, you guys all think about? Um, I know Chris, especially the Bird Chef Project, um, we work with Lamb Weston, so um, social, so we, we know you guys well. Um, but yeah, so I know you do a lot of organic. How much do you do with paid and, and does that sort of play a, a big part in your targeting or not? I think, for, so to clarify, I think it's more, I feel people are tired of social media rather than social media is tired. Um, we do paid social media, we do organic social media. To be fair, we're always still, I mean, from our point of view, we're still trying to figure out the algorithms and figure out how that works. I mean, we can post one thing that's about our people, for example, and we'll ha have engagement, we'll have 100 likes, you know, 200 likes, and then we'll post something which is an amazing picture of our food or whatever, and like, nobody likes it, or you get one or two. And so it is difficult to kind of think, and, I, and for me, it's about figuring out how, if I spend, let's say, 500 pounds on paid advertising, and it's, wow, I mean, my, my post just went, you know, mega, what does that mean? And what is the return on, the, the Walsh, what is the return on capital? You know, what is it? Like, what does, what is, am I gonna see more people drive, driven to my restaurant? Well, not necessarily. I mean, or is it that it's just subliminal and that then you need your SEO that basically, someone's in Bournemouth and they basically type in best restaurant it comes up and they remember that they've seen a photo from Instagram two months ago that was paid you know I get it but it's it's hard from an industry restaurant perspective to understand where to put your money um, and I don't think I think marketing budgets are still there they're not completely gone but people like owners like myself are really anal about what we're spending it on and so we want, I don't want someone to come over to me and say, well, if you do this, you can pay 10 pounds and you'll get a return on capital of X or a million pounds. Um, I want someone to turn around to me and say, if you do this, then I guarantee you, you'll see something in Google that will basically make that person go there. 
you know, how, you know, it's really difficult to that, social media That's to. where, almost like counter to the point I was talking about earlier in terms of ROI, you can't underestimate the value that just general, general awareness has. So, yeah. for example, we had a post that went, I guess you can call it viral. Um, we put a post out about thinking about service professionals over the, over the Christmas period. We got 22,000 likes on that post. Even the guy from Twilight, one of the actors from Twilight, he reposted it to 4.5 million people. Does that bring us a return on investment? Well, we didn't spend it, I think it was organic, but did that bring us any business? No, but our brand is now in front of more people so that when they have that opportunity to, to buy or to visit, whatever yeah. that might be, whatever the offer might be, they're more familiar with that rather than just passing it by. So it's, it's, a, it's a challenging one, but I think, and again, so one of the, things, the other things actually I want to say is that, so both Facebook and Instagram have been in contact with me recently uh, to improve our setup in the back end of things, because what a lot of people are doing is they're clicking boost and they're putting money behind it without having all of the right setup features in the background. And I didn't, I had no idea. And someone from Facebook phoned me out the blue. And at first I was like, is this a scam? <laughs> and they were like, no, no, we're generally from Facebook. We want you to spend more money with us, but you're only going to do that if you know you're getting a return. And so she went through all of these back end settings to allow me to track the metrics better. And then LinkedIn a couple of months later were like, oh, by the way, you haven't set X, Y, and Z up. Allow us to help you so you can maximize your budget. So also, I think- But did they get you to spend money? Yeah, but it works. Yeah. That, so but you've got your ROI so and you've got your brand awareness. But so. then, so, but did it convert into sales? The Facebook one, yes. So our e-commerce uh, ads has increased our sales by 100% in February. Yeah, but then, you, but then the organic we one, talk, but then, yeah, yeah. But then now you're, you're, you've got the same ad on, but that's not doing sales. It, yeah, you're not right. That it's not but that it doesn't work. People are, bored, just... people are tired of seeing the same ad. So exactly. is it the fact that people are tired of social media or is it the fact that we're not doing our job well enough to spike their interest? Yeah, you haven't get, basically get them put them them right. so, yeah. And you're right. We do it need is, to refresh it. the ad, change the content up, mix the engagement signals, you know, yeah, and be be dynamic, be inventive, be prepared to, to, to make mistakes. Again, be nimble, yeah, it makes you, you know, can change things up easily or quickly if, uh, if something isn't working. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about paid spend, love your pub as a company, we do it every week. Um, and, and we aim at the social channels that, that work for our, that we believe works for our business, which is specifically Facebook uh, and Instagram. We don't use Google AdWords, as I said before, we're known as an organic blogging platform, and that works enough for us. Uh, I've, I've used AdWords in the past. It's expensive um, and very difficult to, to measure a return. Um, so yeah, we put our spend into the channels that, that we feel that we get the return on. We're also involved in recruitment. So we do hospitality job recruitment and we do recruitment for pub companies and uh, regional brewers where we help to recruit for their vacant tenancies and things like that. And, and we also do some work with Christie & Co on their freehold business. Um, so yeah, we put spend into those those different channels as well. But there's other channels of Love Your Pub that I wouldn't put additional spend into. I guess it's just understanding your business. If you're trying to build a brand, or even out of a you know out of a restaurant, or you know definitely you know you, you're going to need to put ad spend in, into building brands without a doubt. And that's not something I believe is, is a short term thing. I think I mean Andy's probably best place to talk more about building restaurant brands. Uh, but for us. I put spending to build our brand pretty much every month. 
Yeah, it's such a huge landscape. There's so many different areas to try. Any other questions? Hi, folks. Thanks for this. Um, similar disclaimer to the last disclaimer <laughs> in that I run a hospitality and restaurant marketing agency. Um, but it's been really interesting to hear what you guys have been speaking about um, today. But I'm wondering... So I can't hear you. No, sorry, mate. Sorry. There Is that better now? Come forward if you want to. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, it could be the accent as well. <laughs> no, you're well, right. Better. Better. Okay, it's yeah. that good Belfast accent. Um, so I run a hospitality marketing agency yeah. because hospitality marketing is so different to any other kind of marketing, as each of you will be able to speak to. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's something I've encountered a lot, even in my time as an employee in marketing agencies and coffee chains, is that quite often there's this perception that marketing in hospitality is social media. Yeah. Whereas to me, that's a massive misconception. Social media is a tiny part of a much larger marketing mix. So I was wondering if you could just speak to that a little bit, if you've encountered that, and what other non-social um, means do you have some great advice for us on? We get back to my airport. banner, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, so if I jump in on that, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think social media is actually a, a massive part, but it, it, is, it is just one part. And so we are looking at guerrilla marketing, so... You know, how can we, you know, we've looked at so many different things over the time. So, for example, at one point someone came to me and said, well, actually, what we can do is we can jet wash, uh, you know, all the way up, you know, pathway, like footprints up to the restaurants oh, and cool. stuff like that. Um, and you know, you're sitting there going, that's an amazing idea. Let's do that. Um, and, you know, obviously banners. and But then there's, you know, leaflet drops. And ironically, when does, when does, it, when does anybody ever get anything through the post that isn't a bill? <laughs> or a kebab shop leaflet um, but it's like you know we, we've, we've, we've done thought about doing launches before where we were just going to post like a twig through you know like um, a twig well it wasn't a twig it was it was a bad piece of bamboo but we were you know the launch of the restaurant put a bamboo uh, through each rest each um, letterbox and then say look you know keep your bamboo and then you'll you find out why um, but there's loads of like cool stuff you can do I mean we're, we're big into like branding our people uh, not like like that but um <laughs> You know, T-shirts, you know, caps. We're doing lots of work on it at the moment, trying to basically figure out. I mean, I've, it's just too hot up here, but we, we're always in branded gear. Um, you know, so I think that kind of stuff, that that awareness of like, you know, can I get paddle boards that are branded? No, because they're really expensive. So if anybody can find me paddle boards, oh, that, yeah, they'll be burnt. Yeah, yeah and it's really, really expensive to, to, to do that. But we, you're, I think that's really, really key to have that other side of it and magazines you know written literature um you know we've got a really cool place that's just um new magazine that's opened down where we are and they're just absolutely killing it uh from a printed normal really cool branded magazine and then they're absolutely killing it down our area and everybody wants a copy of this magazine uh and so obviously straight away you're like right i'm gonna put myself into that um, testimonials as well don't underestimate yeah. the value that an authentic yeah. voice has on your brand get your customers to shout about it well, this have is you had an experience well like, yeah and also like TripAdvisor Google reviews Facebook I mean yes okay it's social but like so if anybody who thinks what's the biggest um, review platform that you would go and look at like if, is it, if you put a hand up for TripAdvisor Facebook no. <laughs> Facebook Google yeah so 
Google is the biggest one. So most people will go, obviously Google's the biggest search engine, but most people will go to Google reviews over any other review platform. Mm. Uh, it's like 68% or something like that. They go to Google reviews to kind of find out about a restaurant. Um, and ultimately, let's be honest, you can't see a conversion from Instagram to Facebook to your restaurant because obviously you go on, you see a photo on Instagram and you go, right, cool, that's a cool photo. And then you go on Google and put the restaurant in. So obviously Instagram and Facebook have worked, but you can't see the conversion because they've gone yeah. onto Google and gone, oh, where's that restaurant? Um, so I think, yeah. I think one of the underplayed ones as well um, is e-marketing campaigns and data capture. Emails. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, but it's, 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 e it's e-marketing campaigns done right. Uh, you see plenty of them being done badly. Um, you know, it's not over, uh, over posting, um, if you like, going back to what we're talking about, you know, I'm sure we're all aware when we wake up in the morning and look at our inbox and just the amount of emails that come through, you just delete and delete and delete. So, but actually data capture on when the consumer comes into Outlet is, is massive. And, um, you know, nowadays is, is a real big pinch point to understanding your consumer and your demographic and how you can market to them um, moving forward. How many people out there are capturing their clients' data? GDPR, you know, of course, uh, but how many people are you know, capturing their, their clients' data and using it? Yeah. yeah. If you're not, you should be. It's, co it's common that people are, yeah. to be honest. Um, but we, we, we see massive engagement from, yeah. for, from email marketing, like, and especially if you don't do it too much, but just do it just enough and you do it with a good tagline as you're saying you really do see an uplift you get like your open re open rates and something like, like as your subject don't open this email you'll yeah. see your highest <laughs> engagement rate ever yeah. and it's small things and you have to spike people's interest mm. and you have to be inventive and sometimes it won't work controversial yeah, yeah. you like yeah and we all had to delete them didn't we we all had to delete our our, our massive long big massive mailing lists that we had um and now we've got to rebuild them. But it's a yeah. better, better, yeah. better client base for it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And he um, was question? Lady at the back. Hi, thanks. This has been really great. Um, I've been late joining, so sorry if this has already been covered. But what do you think by generation? Because obviously you've got boomers, you've got Gen Z, you've got millennials. What is the most important tool sort of by those generations that you would say if you don't have the budget is the best way of, of reaching those people. Specifically for me, it's over 50s uh, within a certain target market uh, being healthcare. But what, what would you say you found effective in, in reaching out to those generations um, in terms of the most important tool? So if I'm gonna target over 50s, what would you suggest the most important tool would be to get that reach and return? I think you're asking the wrong people. You should be asking the over 50s what? And, and, and saying like, how do we communicate with you? What, what mediums do you use? Do you open up the morning advertiser or the Daily Times and, and, and check that? Or are you using digital communication? Carrier like, pigeon. <laughs> maybe. I think, I think ask, ask your demographic. Get a steering group together and say to them. Because I think we, we, I, we, we see this quite commonly with all, not just marketing, but with other areas as well, engagement. How do I do this? What do I do? You're asking completely the wrong people. Ask the people that you want to target how they want to be communicated with. Because some will say, I want a leaflet in my pay packet. Others will say, I quite like email. Others will say, get me on WhatsApp. You know, and it's about understanding 
your overall demographic and exactly what it is that they want ultimately like if it's healthcare related I, I don't even know I don't and I'm in healthcare I, I have no idea well I was going to say you know another way to capture that in outlook pretty much what Chris has, has, has been speaking about, you know, a way to capture that in outlet is, you know, when, when you're presenting a bill back, you know, Andy's already mentioned that, you know, hospitality is a career, it's about personality, it's about relationships, and it's about talking to people, and they're going to give you the answers that, that you want to know, whether you can capture that data on EPOS or you know, PDQs or, or, or whatever, or, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, however, however you can capture it, but going back to what Chris has said, you know, the people will give you those answers. Um, you know, in regards to Love Your Pub and what we do, you know, I have opinions about how our demographics read our content. And, and I think that a, sl a slightly older clientele prefer to read blogs, uh, where they can just sit down in, in the leisure of their own, their own home, maybe, and just have a cup of coffee and read an article. We see the average read time that they use. Um, to, and I think overall, we've written probably about 5,000 blogs as a company since our inception. And our average read time is about two minutes and 50 seconds which isn't bad, you know, if someone's just sitting on a mobile on a desktop reading content, it's not a bad read time. I mean, you think if you look at a social media post, it's probably going to be 10 seconds max. Um, but yeah, that's just me talking about my business and, you know, what, what we think. But yeah. So you've got your data and your, your feedback element. Yeah. It's a difficult question because no, I don't think anyone knows the answer to it. But so a couple of things. So basically from a marketing perspective, Facebook obviously sits in that kind of like, I don't know, whatever, 25 to 35, but is aging because yeah, the yeah. younger population aren't using Facebook. Yeah. So actually, if you ask, it depends on when you're asking the question, but they're aging. Uh, so Instagram's a little bit behind that, and they're, but they're aging. Then you go into TikTok, which are now the younger generation, and Snapchat, which is a whole new world. Um, uh, and so, so like people like myself, I can't, even even some of my younger guys in my business don't understand TikTok and Snapchat. Um, um, but then, actually, my niece, who's 11, can tell me exactly what's yeah, going so. on and, you know, exactly how to sort it all out. Could you um, advertise for a Tinder? Oh, God, no, whichever I don't do that. If you put your branding on there, like, that demographic would be, a, for a restaurant, that could be... Well, yeah, so... Well, yeah, it's an interesting... So, 65% of people who drink wine... This is, I'm trying to remember this one. 65% of people who drink wine in restaurants and hospitality are over 50. Okay? So I don't know what that means, but um, it means that basically we're buggered if we don't get the younger people in to actually come and drink wine. And, you know, but yes, so if we, we have quite a big engagement from that over 50s. And then how do we do that? Well, Social, yes, but email, probably. Yeah. Um, but again, it's through customer satisfaction. We, we, word of mouth. I mean, there's one thing that nobody's talked about yet so far is that word of mouth piece is yeah. I want you to come to my restaurants and I want you to tell five of your mates. What I don't want you to do, which is the other way of the coin, is you come to my restaurants, hate my restaurants, and tell 10 of your mates. Um, and so that word of mouth that is, is, is so important. If you can just get people through the door that's our key thing get them through the door if I can get them through the door then they're going to go and tell five of their mates those five mates come in they tell five of their mates it's it takes a long time but theoretically they say that in restaurants and in bars it takes three years to go bust or three years to go be successful and if you 
and ironically, if you if you take a restaurant and you say, right, well, I've got let's say eighty to a hundred covers, at some point you'll hit critical mass, or you won't. So you'll either basically get to the stage where basically every Friday and Saturday night your bums on seats equal how many covers you've got, and then you're like, well, I'm as busy as I can be. Then it's like, right, can I build my lunchtime trade? Then it's like, okay, I need to build my Wednesday and my Thursday trade, which ironically is where you make money. Um, so if you are busy on a Friday and Saturday night, that's brilliant. And if you're busy on a Thursday night, then that's really good. But if you're busy on a Tuesday and a Wednesday night, you're making money. Um, so ironically, basically, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know where you're uh, going. I kind, of, I kind of like lost myself. But but, it's, but but essentially, basically, if you if you if you take it all the way back, it's word of mouth for us is for the over 45s. I wouldn't say that basically emailing them or posting to them. I think they will go on recommendation, which is where I was going with it. Um, they will go on recommendation. I will go on recommendation. So that kind of 35 upwards, well, probably 45 upwards will go on recommendation. That 35, 25 to 35 will go on kind of who's influenced me to go through a social media platform or something like that. And then anybody under that, I don't know. Brilliant. Thank you. I think we have to wrap it up now, but... There was a gent uh, with a hat who's had his hand up about three times. But... Oh, is it, is it time for one quick yeah. one? Oh, Who was another one? Well, <laughs> thank you, you're amazing. Actually, my question related to what you said about the accountant. You said we should treat marketing the same way we treat accountants. So how much minimum budget would you recommend for the marketing? Oh gosh, that's a question. I do, it, yeah, sure. How how uh, uh, look at the end of the day, you can't really. You don't know. It, 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 we average on, I think it's one point eight percent of turnover. Um, but whatever that is, you, you, you need to you need to be doing some adwords or not adwords. Sorry, you need to be doing some advertising. I wouldn't recommend adwords. Um, you know, you need to do doing that, don't you? Um, you need to be spending money on some form of paper or a poster or something that basically is going to attract your market. When you've identified what that is, when we all know what that is, Apple when you've identified walls. it, spend a little bit of money on that. But just toilets. God, I mean, it's, it's really I'm difficult. Saying, airport it? walls. Airport banners, yeah. Uh, if you haven't <laughs> heard about them, they're really good. Um, but you know, but, but that, ironically, so that I know it sounds stupid, but so I sit in passport control in an airport and I look at a wall for a very, very long time. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be amazing if you had a banner there? And that, that for me is basically well, I know that those one million people are generally local, they're not normally visitors because they're coming into the regional airport. So those people are my customer base, so theoretically. If they're sitting in passport control for 30 minutes, on average, 25 minutes maybe, going, I'm really bored, you know, trying to keep their children to be quiet or on their phone, and they've got a banner to look at, and it's kind of a weird and wonderful, you know, thing, will it work? Well, we don't know, but I think marketing is trial and error. Yeah. Um, find a good person who, you know, for example, who does blogging. I mean, SEO, I think is really good. Uh, and blogging, I think, is I, we don't do enough of it in any way, shape, or form. No, no one really does. Uh, but we want to. We, we should do more. Um, it's hard. It's it, it's hard. Yeah, I, think, I think trial and error, like Andy's just said, is a massive thing. Like mix it up. You know, you've all got different types of businesses that will work in different types of ways. I think the thing with marketing is always about being progressive. It's always about being creative. Um, you'll find something that works for a while, 
but then it'll probably start to tail off. Um, so you know, it might be that you find you know some 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 you know good stuff with some uh, some hard marketing, you know, like, like leaflet drop in or or posters or what, whatever. Then the next month you might go right. We're going to put some budget behind some online stuff. Um, so yeah, you'll find some stuff that works for you. And where you've all got different types of businesses, it will work in different types of ways. But mixing it up, being creative stops it from standing still and being stagnant and it will engage different audiences at different times and you don't have to spend the earth on that i mean i'll just talk about one of my other businesses that we've got we put a hundred pound a month into online it's, it's not going to break the bank you know and, and we get results from that and that's just about running some campaigns through social a hundred pounds not a massive spend you know, for a small business um and we see results from that yeah but before you do anything make sure that everything that you do have is optimized. So before you spend any money on anyone else or anything else, like get your website, go onto your website. Yeah. And you know, I mean, if you're like me, that basically we, we, we've had businesses where we spent 40,000 pounds on a website and now we have businesses where I build them myself. Yeah. Um, because actually you can just do it yourself anyway. Um, but you know, if you go into those, you just develop into those, 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 those websites, it will tell you how to do it and just make sure you're doing all of that right first yeah. before you start going and spending money on random pieces of, you know, and yeah. then once you know you've got that and you've got something to drive your people to, then go and do... Monitoring things like click-through rate or analytics, make sure your bounce rate is correct because Blogs, you, you could spend so much, you could spend 5% of your turnover on marketing, but if there's too many steps in the customer journey to the point where they actually purchase or visit your venue, if they're not following that process and that customer journey isn't smooth enough, you just throw money at a wall. So, and it's the same with us. We don't have a set percentage of our turnover in terms of marketing. We just make sure that when we put out marketing, so we spent 2,000 pounds on an ad in the last 30 days, and that generated 5,000 pounds worth of revenue for us. Now that's revenue, not profit, but we know that that was a success because the link clicked directly through to a certain product, which then allowed us to be able to complete that transaction. Now that's e-commerce, but you need to make sure that all of those things that are free for you to check are in line before you put any money, any budget, whether it's 1% or 5% behind that. So, Brilliant. Well, thank you. We've talked about this for hours so and hopefully you've <laughs> found some good nuggets of advice well done, from, from you. It's all been brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. And thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.